There is something seriously therapeutic about sunshine, warm weather, and blue skies. I don't know about you, but it's so difficult to be in a good mental space when the skies are dark and gray and it's cold and drabby, but bring on spring, please. Today, I'm going to do a little something different. I've had several people ask me lately, how are you? Where are you in your treatment? What's going on? We haven't heard much from you. And I realized I haven't really updated everyone on life lately. So in an a roundabout way, I'm going to do that today. So get comfortable, grab some coffee or some lemonade on this beautiful day, and let's get going. Are you going through a difficult time? Are you experiencing a season of life that has tested your faith? Hey sister, I'm Rachel Williams and I'm right there with you. I've walked through divorce, single parenting, and in December of 2021, I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. I know what it means to feel lost, scared, and defeated. But the good news is that I know that God uses all things for good for those who love Him. I know that He has a plan for me of hope in the future. I want to pass that faith-based confidence on to you. So welcome to your new safe place. Enter into a community where you can be comfortable as we dig into biblical truths and discover hope for encouragement in your life. Because I believe that you are capable of powering through this season with tangible and actionable tools to rely on when you begin to feel hopeless. I'm here today to tell you, friend, that you can walk in godly freedom even when it's hard. It begins with uncovering God's promises in your life and arming yourself with God's truth so that you can conquer whatever hardships that you encounter. I'm here to guide you through the valley so that you can really live in truth and light. Let's shift our mindset from victim to victorious because we are warriors. So come fight with me, sister. Grab some coffee. Let's do this. I want to start talking today about miracles. We read a lot about miracles happening in the Bible. Jesus, in his time on this earth, performed many miracles that were nothing short of, well, miraculous. Perhaps one of the most popular stories in the Old Testament is when the Israelites were fleeing Egypt in their pursuit of the promised land. And as they were following Moses, their leader, the Bible says that when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They began to turn on Moses and question his decision. They said, did you really bring us this far only for us to die. We should have just stayed where we were. We would have been slaves, but at least we would have been alive. We then see here that Moses says to them, fear not. Now, I don't think that he knew that the sea was going to part. God never told him, you're going to get to this hard part in your life, but this is how I'm going to fix it. I'm going to part the sea and you're going to walk across and everything's going to be fine. God didn't reveal that to him. All Moses knew was that he trusted that the Lord would provide. He just trusted. Can you just imagine the scene in your mind? God tells Moses to raise his rod and he does what he's told. That simple act of worship, raising of his hand. The seas begin to part. Can you imagine the faces of these people who'd begun to doubt as they watch the raging ocean form walls to their right and to their left, making a way where there seemed to be no way? How many times are we those doubting Israelites? As we come to a place in our life and we say to ourselves, God, what is happening here? 
I can't see the way. There's no hope for this situation. God, did we really come this far to only come this far? I know I have. Or how many times have you gotten to this place and you raised your hands in worship and said, I don't know what's going to happen, Lord, but I trust you. I trust that you're going to make a way. I'm also led to think about the story that we learn in church as kids when Jesus fed the 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, I don't know about y'all, but groceries don't stretch like that at my house. With the prices of everything, I wish that they did, but it worked because he made a way where there seemed to be no way. It was a miracle. But perhaps the most miraculous miracle of all the miracles in the history of miracles was the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Persecuted and spit on and beaten and shamed, and as they laid him in the tomb, to the world he was no more. But on that third day, the Bible says he is not here. He has risen from the dead. Praise the Lord, right? How many of the people that watched these events unfold, do you think, thought, this is it? We've come this far to only come this far. There's no hope. I just watched this man die a tragic death. I watched him take his last breath. A miracle. But here's the next question. And be honest here. How many of you think that miracles only happened in the past? They don't happen like that anymore, Rachel. I mean, I believe that they happen, but I don't see God working like that anymore. I beg to differ, friend. I want to tell you just a few of the instances where God has shown me that His hand is over my life. Modern day miracles. Times in my life where I have questioned God. Like, Lord, I don't see a way here. What are we doing? I'm going to need you to show up and explain this thing to me because right now I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I'm going to start by backing it all the way up to 2020. The year 2020. Imagine with me, it is the peak of COVID. The world has shut down. I'm a single mom trying to do my best for my girls with, you know, raising them to be good humans. But I'm in a dark season. I don't know any other way to explain it. It's a dark time in my life. I'm at a point where life just isn't looking the way that I envisioned it. I'm bitter. I'm angry. And then I get pregnant. Now, of course, I know how this happens, and I realized that it was a result of my actions. But at the same time, I kept thinking about all of the couples in this world that were married, stable in their finances, in a loving home that wanted so badly to become parents and couldn't. And then there's me. So far from having my life together, what was I going to do? Like, Lord, are you sure about this? Like, it saddens me so much to even go back to this time because that little boy is so loved and so adored. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. I couldn't see that then. When faced with this pregnancy, I could not see hope. I saw having to tell my girls that mama was pregnant but not married. I saw having to tell my papa, who was so old-fashioned, who had just lost his wife to COVID, that I was pregnant without a husband. I saw a single mother barely able to make ends meet. How was I going to afford this? In my fleshly worldview, I didn't see a way. I was standing at a raging sea with angry Egyptians closing in, looking to God like, what now? Fast forward about a year. Of course, during this time, we gave birth to the sweetest baby boy, Um, Carter's father and I got married. We bought a house. And a few days after my diagnosis of breast cancer, we sit at a table with my doctors um, to come up with a plan of action. I'm then informed that the chemo would shut my ovaries down and I would no longer be able to have children. And my world stood still. 
See, God knew the path that I would walk. He knew what was just a little ways around the corner for me. Had my husband and I have waited until we were ready to have a baby, which we did want in our future, but had it been in our time, Carter would never have been born. He is a miracle. Against all odds, against my understanding, my desires, my confusion, He is here, and we simply cannot fathom life without Him. But had I have raised my hands in worship and trusted God from the beginning, I could have saved myself a great deal of tears and heartache. Fast forward a few more weeks. I've told this story many times, but it's way too good not to highlight in the story of miracles. Um, The day that I was scheduled for my first chemo treatment, I was super nervous. I was at peace, but the anxiety around the unknown was a real thing. Um, How would I feel during the treatment? How would it affect me afterwards? Would I be able to take care of my baby by myself? Would my mama have to move in with me in my house? All the what ifs. As we were sitting in the office of the financial consultant, she says to me, Rachel, I have a girl almost your exact age almost the exact diagnosis. She just had a baby and she is scheduled to begin your exact treatment today, just like you. And it's like she had to pause to let that sink in because she knew that as hard as it was for her to believe, it was going to be equally as hard for us to believe. So we all just kind of sat in silence for a minute. And then she said, can I introduce you? Well, that was a no-brainer to me, of course. I mean, I knew instantly that this this was God's hand in this thing. Now, even if you don't believe in God, you will never get me to believe that coincidences like this happen. They don't just happen. That whole situation was breathed by God, who has had His hand all over our stories, to lead us on this road to that day. She has become such a treasure to me, and we have walked through so many things together. That friends, was a miracle. That was literally God's voice speaking to me and telling me, Rachel, I've got this. Now, those two examples, some of you have heard before. Um, the next one is, is the, my version of a life update. Um, of course, I'm still going every three weeks for maintenance treatments or immunotherapy drugs. Um, I get these three medications through my port, just like the chemo, but they don't make me as sick as the chemo did. They just make me really tired. Now, most days I can't really tell what's like treatment tired and what's like Carter Matthew Williams tired, but regardless, I'm tired most of the time. But Not many people know about this next miracle as it's unfolding in the days that I'm recording this episode. So one day during treatment, someone mentioned to me that they were requesting to have a brain MRI just as a precaution. They had no symptoms, no reasons to worry. It was just to have another baseline test. Well, my uninformed self says, well, I thought PET scans were head to toe. Nope. Your fun fact for today, PET scans do not penetrate the skull. I did not know this. Doctors do not request brain MRIs unless there is a reason to speculate that something is going on in the brain, such as blurred vision, nausea, headaches, seizures, muscle muscle weakness, etc. I had no idea. I would have never requested a brain MRI on my own, ever, until this conversation. So, of course, I then went to my oncologist and said, hey, Um, I'm going to need one of those too, um, those brain MRIs. And she said, she kind of laughed and said, I I understand. And of course, I don't, I don't suspect anything, but if it will make you feel better, I'll order one for you. Now we have to pause here just to give my doctor some much deserved praise. Some doctors would have said no. Some doctors would have looked at the rules and what's on paper and said, you don't qualify for that. There's no reason to do this test. So I'm not going to order it. 
but not mine. And I'm unbelievably thankful for her. So fast forward a few weeks and I have the MRI. Um, that was about a month ago. Of course, not expecting anything. I went by myself. I went afterwards to eat, of course, and to run a few errands. And here comes the results on my phone. Um, as always, my heart rate speeds up and my hands shake before I open the scan results. But I opened the file on my app and there it was. It was in a lot of words that I didn't understand, but I knew just enough to know that it wasn't a normal scan. Um, I'm going to fast forward through all the boring details and summarize for you. I have what they are calling a small glioma on my brain about the size of a pea. It is on the left side, close to the surface, and is actually also close to my motor strip. Um, the neurosurgeon says that it is its own separate thing. It is not a metastasis of the original breast cancer. Um, he also says that he believes that it is very slow growing. And although we cannot be certain until the pathology report has come back, um, just based on what he sees, it does not look like cancer yet. However, he believes that if left alone, that it will grow to be cancer and to be large enough to where it cannot be or may not be removed. Um, but right now, it is small enough and in an area of the brain where he feels very confident that he can get it all out easily. Now, I know what you're thinking. Um, Rachel, you're preparing to have brain surgery. There's some kind of growth in your brain. How, how are we tying this to a miracle? Like, what am I missing? Well, I'll tell you. The doctor himself said in his office, he said, it's a miracle that we found it this early while it's so small. We don't typically find gliomas until they have begun to cause symptoms, and often they're already too large to remove. Every single thing that happened in this path of this test and finding this thing, everything was God working. And the fact that we're here, yes, I have to have brain surgery. Obviously, that is not something that I planned or enjoy the thought of. But just the fact that we found it so soon is a miracle. And I'm praising God every day for that miracle in my life. Now, of course, my flesh wants to cry and panic and to list all the ways that this thing could go wrong. The enemy wants me to believe that this is terrible. It's unfair. You could be paralyzed. You could have a stroke or worse. But my Jesus wants me to raise my hands and surrender and trust Him. I don't know why, but this is part of my journey, and I'm trusting that this will be just another example of His miracle-working power over my life. I'd love to tell you that fear never wins, but I'd be lying. Sometimes the fear is so real that it's as if it has physical hands that wrap around my throat and make it hard to breathe. But it's in those moments that I'm able to take my thoughts captive and remind myself of who my God is, who He has proven Himself to be over and over again. And I begin to feel that familiar peace wash over me all over again. On the day that this episode is being aired, I'll be traveling to Savannah to have the follow-up scans that will act as a GPS for surgery in a sense. Um, I'm asking that you stand with me in believing that it will be gone completely because I believe in miracles and I know that he can. But even if I'm scheduled to have the surgery on April 10th, please join me in prayer for the hands performing the surgery, my body to respond appropriately, my family for having to step up and take care of everything, including me, my baby boy for having to be away from me for about a week while I'm in the hospital and not understanding why.
my finances is I'll not be able to get back to work for six to eight weeks. All the things. But I trust that He has already parted the sea. He has already prepared a way for all things to be okay. One of my favorite songs right now is called Gratitude. It talks about the physical representation of raising your hands in worship, raising in surrender, because it's, it's all that I have. It's all that He wants, and it's all He cares about. He doesn't care about how much money I make, the hair on my head, the weight I've gained, the mess in my house, the work that I do. He wants my spirit to commune with Him and stand with Him in worship. The song says, So I throw up my hands and I praise you again and again because all that I have is a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I have nothing to offer him. It's just me and my worship and trust in him as I watch these events unfold. But I do know this. I won't be left behind for the angry army to capture. I will not be left hungry or lacking, and I have not been brought this far to only make it this far. God is writing a beautiful testimony, and I want you to see it with me. I was able to go to a women's conference in Lexington, South Carolina a couple of weeks ago, and just the story of how I ended up there was nothing short of God's hands working His magic. But while I was there, one of the prayer team One of the prayer team members prayed for me, and she said that the word that the Spirit kept showing her for me was more. I'm believing, friends, for many more memories with my family, more dramatic moments with my daughters, more beach trips, more Mickey Mouse episodes, more lessons taught in my classroom, more trips to Disney World, more coffee dates, and loads of laundry washed, more dinners cooked, nuggles with my little boy, more more miracles, and I ask that you stand with me in belief in that. Thank you, God, for your wonder-working miracles. Thank you for caring enough about me to show me that you were not only involved in the everyday occurrences in my life, but you were in control of them. I trust you, Lord, and I thank you for complete healing, complete restoration, and more. It is in your precious name that we pray. Amen. So I feel like I feel like this was a heavy one today, but how wonderful is it that even in the face of hard times, we can rejoice and celebrate in the ways that he shows us that he's near. I challenge you, sister, look at your life and see where he is working miracles. See where he is working in the places of your life that you couldn't have made it on your own. Write them down. Journal and document them. It will be such a blessing to you as you read back years later and are reminded of His goodness over your life. Do you need a miracle in your life? Believe, friend. I believe with you. Stand strong. And as always, keep up the good fight. I'll see you back next week. Thank you so much, friend, for joining us today. Again, please join our Facebook community and let me know how I can pray for you. Also, if you could give our podcast a review, I would so much appreciate that. I'm tuning in every Wednesday for inspiration and encouragement as we work together to overcome challenges. Be an intentional sister in your pursuit of Jesus, even in the valley, so that when others see you, they'll know she is a warrior.